Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Batista, Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another RCS Rocking Chair Sessions today with curator Dimitra Pantulia. Welcome, session 132, I should say. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Actually, I'm a conservator. Conservator. Yes, I'm an object conservator. What did you say? I'm not sure. Did curator. you say curator? Curator. Oh, Apologies. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> you, worked, you worked as a curator as well for a little bit or always as a conservator? Always as a conservator. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested to work as a curator. I have ideas, uh, ideas and I'm exploring uh, the field. But You're talking about for the now. future already. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a psychic. I was looking at you. <laughs> if you are, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm ready. I'm, but the we're very, really thrilled to have you. Yeah, we're, we're so excited. You're our first conservator um, ever interviewed on Rocking Chess Out Sessions. Out of 132 sessions. We, we do have like artists who work as installers. We do. We did and have had, one artist. You had Lucinda. Lucinda. Yeah. Yes. And Lucinda does conservatory mm-hmm. yes. work as well, right? Yes. So it's yeah. not entirely mm-hmm. true. But as mm-hmm. your sole profession, yeah. conservation. You mean? Oh, thank mm-hmm. you for having me. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> And um, also a fellow European. Okay, Maria's not alone tonight. She's like, how do you feel in Miami? (laughs) Exactly. That's a question. We could start with Um, that. Why Miami? What brought you here? My husband, actually. Uh, He had a job offer uh, in Miami. He works in a charter school. Um, And it happened very quickly, actually. In, we had to move, we had to think about and move to Miami. We had almost a month. Whoa. Uh, his interview was at the beginning of um, June on 2014. Uh, at the end of June, they told him that we want you here. Could you please be in Miami in three weeks? And we moved in Miami to Miami in July 31st. Wow. Yes, I think immediately. Yes. Oh and my goodness. World it was wind. crazy. I do remember a lot from that period because I, I was imagine. so stressed. Yeah. Like packing. Yes. Packing. <laughs> we came just with one suitcase each of us. Yes. Uh, no, I remember I was. Did you live in Athens at that time? Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Athens, Greece, by the way, not Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank real you. Athens. <laughs> the real one. That, that was a joke. That was a yeah. European joke. The OG. <laughs> um, yes, and it was, we got married, we moved here. Our families had no idea about these interviews, and we had to tell them that you know we are surprised we're moving, and we are moving miles away. How did they <laughs> we're take crossing that? the Atlantic? Um, no, they were excited. Okay, great. Yes. I've seen my big fat Greek wedding, which I'm sure is not the staple to like judge every Greek person, but it seems like very family oriented, like they want you nearby and close and it's like knit, you know, community. It's exactly how are we? Uh, and this was the reason that we felt very comfortable in Miami because 
people here are similar. Like similar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it was uh, a good thing that we moved in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's a good city. It is, yes. Yeah. With nice people. And I love this multicultural. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is the weather here similar to Greece? Because I've never been. Um, Obviously, no. hurricanes no. are not similar. <laughs> we don't have humidity. Oh, okay. That's right. But it gets hot. Four seasons. It gets okay. hot in Athens. Right? Too hot. Yeah. Very, I was only in Santorini. That was my little trip to yes. Greece, which is the most beautiful island. It is. I was. It's. That's the most romantic island you can go to. I went with my friend who was already heartbroken about a guy. Oh, it wasn't a so good choice was, to go to Santorini. <laughs> but it was still beautiful. But Athens, I know, gets really hot, right? Yes. It's like, also mm-hmm. in Athens, I don't know what they do then. We don't have a lot of um, trees in the city. And it's actually a concrete city. And with the during the summer, you cannot walk around. Uh, it's dry, like it's too oven. hot. Uh, it's sometimes we have 40s, 40 Celsius. Mm-hmm. I don't okay, you 35 is in the me. 90s. Is yes. that like 100? It's very hot, it's very, very, very hot. hot, yeah, but dry, hot, not mm-hmm. not like you know, Miami. You're just oh, like, like in the sauna, like you're no, it's like a dry sauna. You could mm-hmm. say, it, like, some like you know, where the like Miami is more like a steam bath. Yes. And Athens is stay, more like you stay hydrated with your face at least <laughs> yes, greasy. You don't need moisturizer. <laughs> right? I never use moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. So um in uh, what year did you come here? 2011 was that? 2014. 14. 14. Yes. Mm. So what did you have to tell your current um, employers at that time? Were you what were you doing at that time? Okay. Uh that that time in Greece, we had crisis. My field, uh, I couldn't work in my field back then because most of the conservators in Greece are working uh, in um, um, public museums. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only a few in private practice. And it was that period that I was I was having small projects in the, uh, as a part of the team. And I didn't have a lot. And I was working in a different field just to be able to pay my bills. And it wasn't, I didn't feel that it was a, um, probably what you envisioned, right? Or like satisfying? Yes, it was, or? I, was, I was excited with the option to start, from, start again in like another city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was tired. Uh, I had a job that I liked, but it wasn't the job that I wanted to uh, have. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a conservator. I knew that very early in my career that, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. And the possibility of doing that in another country, it was, uh, it was that part that excited me yeah most. and in Athens I'm thinking obviously it's one of the most important like I think you just always studied it in art history you're surrounded by so much like classical yes. and just amazing beautiful the thing is there is priceless pieces yes we have as a conservator you have uh, work to do but there are no money to support mm-hmm. this field uh, and that 
makes my decision uh, easier probably easy, yes much easier mm -hmm. and it was funny because uh, a week before we moved to Miami they called me for a project for a big project <laughs> I was laughing it was yes uh, now it was already too late what project yeah. was it if we could ask or is it top secret it, no it was <laughs> you know it was uh, about a historic building oh, uh, yes incredible I think things like Parthenon and the you know all those beautiful, amazing classical like Hellenistic and like all these great periods. Sorry, Maria was going to ask a question. Um, how long? Because I mean, I I moved to Miami in 2015, you mm -hmm. know, and it was like I came from San Francisco, so it was okay. a little different. But um, how long did it take for you to kind of find opportunities here in Miami to work as a conservator? What was it? Because I, I mean, I don't know if all our listeners know, but <clears throat> at the time Greece went through a incredible crisis mm -hmm. because of the debts that yes. uh, w were created through the government and the economy was low, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. the European Union was kind of trying to, I don't know, you know, help or not help or like they kind of changed yeah, their minds weird. in the middle way through mm -hmm. or something. So it was like incredibly hard for everyone in Greece. Yes. For everyone. It is. And it still is. Yes. And they have not recovered yet. I'm glad that my brother moved out. Uh, he moved to London to uh, England yeah. uh, a few months ago and I'm so excited for him uh, there is no future in Greece right now yeah and I mean, on top of that, there's mm -hmm. this whole refugee crisis, yes. right? Like a lot of mm -hmm. people from Syria mm -hmm. also came and it's just like the... And with this crisis, we cannot do anything for them also. We yeah. ca they cannot support these people. They yeah. cannot help them. Yeah. And they are stuck in Greece. They want to move out and they cannot. Greece cannot provide any help. Yeah. People sometimes are not that helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, let's go back but, to your question. Yeah, but my question was, how yeah. long did it take you, like in Miami, how was like your reception, you know, as like, you know, as a conservator, did you, you know, was it very easy for you to kind of find uh, work or did it take, uh, you know, did it take a longer Actually, time? How was your experience? Uh, it was, it came pretty fast. Uh, we moved here. I had to prepare some paperwork f to be able to work. I had to apply for my work permit. The work visa and everything. And yeah. as soon as I had my work permit, a few weeks later, I already had my first job here oh, in awesome. Miami. And I worked for uh, the Karyatid Conservation Services Studio. Uh, I worked with Stephanie Hornbeck. And I was so excited. And it was the perfect... I it was the perfect fit for me. And Stephanie was uh, a really nice mentor. And I really enjoy working with her. I really enjoy, uh, she, she had a museum background and I had a museum background in Greece. I was working for the Byzantine Museum. Um, and the way she was thinking, uh, the way she was approaching the um, trip, the she was the way she was handling the projects. I it was uh, for me, it was amazing. I I really I was really happy uh, that I had this opportunity, and it came very fast. 
and I was able to adjust uh, to the new uh, reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the new ways of doing things, I guess, because I'm sure that you were trained in a certain matter when you were um, doing conserva conservatorship, I, I guess. I, I, I just, conser just, yeah, conservation. I conservation um, in Europe versus here, because I'm always curious about that, because some stuff does translate in every field, but then, then some stuff is quite unique. What things did you find were done a little bit differently that you enjoyed and you thought were quite innovative or things that were different or the same? Um, actually... I tra my training was uh, material based, and I think that most of the conservation programs are material based, and there are not uh, a lot of differences. Okay, great. Yes, it, that's, and we also try to we have codes of ethics. We have a code of ethics that is more or less for Western uh, countries uh, is similar. It's the same, uh, and it wasn't for me something different. The only different was the name of the materials. The same adhesive, uh, we called it differently. It's acryloid, not paraloid, it, it, but it's the same. And I had to be sure that I know the um, uh, the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was, that was my stress, to be able to, uh, to identify the materials and don't mix them. And uh, it's a new language. It was a new language for me. It was... Um, but the material was there, yeah. Yes. That's and the philosophy uh, is the same. You mentioned this code of ethics. That is interesting, right? Where is it written down? I'm like, what? What are these codes of codes of ethics that you have as a, as a conservatory? It's about um, the materials we use. Uh, everything we do should be reversible. Uh, we document everything we are doing. We have a photograph documentation, written documentation, uh, and these are standards. And there are specific tests that we should do before we proceed with the treatments. And we know that we cannot use the same material that the artist is using because we want the treatments to be reversible. If we go to reverse the treatments that we did, if we use the same material, probably we'll remove part of, the, of what the artist did. Mm -hmm. And all these are uh, practices that we use around the world, probably, mm -hmm. in conservation field. Th that is something interesting that I also saw on your website when you're talking about it has to be reversible. There was a sign that you um, restored, and it said, I think it said for colored people only. It was like a oh, sign. Oh, the segregation sign. The segregation oh, this is sign. My, my favorite project. It, it was incredible to see the, the steps. But it was also for me, like, um, I don't know why that is, but I'm always, like, alerted when, you know, when you, for example, add the color again, right? I, I feel like oh, everything else, I saw the sculpture, you remove the dirt and you remove what the rain did. But then when you actually have to use the color that the artist used, you have to find the exact color to kind of fix the letters. How do you do that in I, a different material? Yes, or for example, for this piece, I didn't add any color. I keep the colors that 
design hat and mm -hmm. I only uh, put color to the areas that the paint was missing mm -hmm. and only to the areas that I needed to do that to be able to read the sign. Right, I understand. Uh -huh. uh, we don't put paint on top of the original paint. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. Unless sometimes with the, con with the sculptures, that the outdoor sculptures, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we, should, we have to do that to remove the existing paint because it's already um, like damaged. Off or yes. A, yeah. Uh, because of the weather uh -huh. conditions, but uh, we don't in-paint uh, mm -hmm. objects or paintings, or we want to uh, keep the original. Mm -hmm. We want to keep the original materials. We want to preserve the original colors of the pieces. Mm -hmm. We want this information because this is part of the piece, this is part of the history of the piece. Mm -hmm. And this is the artist's... Uh, it's part of the, the piece's identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What as an artist um, simplifies your life as a conservator? Like what, what steps can an artist take in case their piece or their artwork does um, get damaged or somewhat, you know, it's, you know what, what helps you help them? Mm -hmm. uh, every information we have, it's always helpful. It's uh, very important for us to have um, it depends. Let's talk about um, actually you know what it's uh, always helps to know the, the exact materials mm -hmm. and um, is it for example like acrylic is it is it acrylic or or oil paint or is it like this adhesive or that adhesive yes. or is it this wood or that or whatever or yes or this is that. very helpful uh, and we want to know also, sometimes we interview artists. Oh. And it's always interesting to know about the piece and what the artist wanted to do, what the artist's intentions, because that helps us a lot uh, to decide how we will approach the um, treatment. How uh, Always to know the materials is important because it saves us time. And even if even if we know the exact color that the artist uses, very helpful. Uh, to know what varnish he uses, what coating, and how many all, coats. Yes, yeah. it's it's very important to write that down somewhere. Yes, and also. Uh, I think this works both ways. I think we need the artists, and the artists need us sometimes. About uh, we need to talk about the type of materials they use. Uh, it's important because sometimes you use materials uh, that they ended up to be ephemeral, and you don't know. You can't replace that in advance. Um, and I think it's very important. And I really 
since I moved in Miami and I started working more with uh, contemporary art. Uh, this, this part, the communication with the artist was always my favorite part. And it's, I'm looking the ways that, how can we work as a group? And how can we help each other? Mm-hmm. To achieve the, 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 I guess the, you don't say fixing, the return of, I guess, the condition, returning the condition to as close to possible as to the original. No. You mentioned yeah. that um, if you don't know what um, the substance is, you have to conduct certain tests. What those those what do they look like? What what kind of materials do you use to figure things out, or, or what's the process? There are several uh, ways that you uh, you with the simple test that we do is the to the um, solubility test to see what um, solvent will activate uh, the material. Science. What, <laughs> yes, and this is the simple one. There are other tests we can do. Uh, te- there are tests to determine the age of the piece, the type of colors that, uh, that they are used, the coatings. Uh, there are numerous tests that can be done to a piece, to, and we can have a lot of information. Uh, yes. It's really great to know. It's really interesting. I'm just thinking about that. That we as artists are unfortunately not trained at all in uh, conservation, right? Like we are not. We're not thinking that you way. You don't need the conservation. Mm-hmm. You need the um, to study about materials and yeah. how the materials age through the how they aged. Yeah. This is the important. Yeah. And because I believe, especially outdoor sculptures, right, is oh. like a thing where you should know what material you use and you should kind of think it's, about the future in a way, right? The problem is not the outdoor sculpture. It's the not. Prob- the, the cardboard is a problem. <laughs> That's the what silicone Elisa told me. <laughs> is a problem. I used to the use car- cardboard. What did you say? So the cardboard end? The silicone, the, the, the silicone. adhesive you use, the, the, glue. Oh, the, glue, the glue is a problem sometimes because the glue can fail and yeah. uh, can turn yellowish, can oxidize. Uh, or orange, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you can, I think, uh, to study about archival materials and what are they? How can you use them? Um, what's, which glue is better to use? Which glue is best for the, um, uh, the material that you are working? Or sometimes, recently, I had to treat a piece that was, um, they used to um, a stone, a coating, that it was for metal. Oh. And it was for indoors, for indoors metal. And the stone was outside and the coating turned yellowish and start flaking. This, yes, this is an example <laughs> of horrifying <laughs> things that happen. You should know the materials you use yeah. and if this is the appropriate material mm-hmm. for what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good to do some tests also mm-hmm. or talk with someone 
are you available for private sessions yeah, I if was somebody just, wants oh, to email do you, you in? Oh, do you consult? Yes, and I really enjoyed that part. So Miami, yes. Demetra does uh, consultations. You could reach her her, her website. She will tell you Don't put metal coating on a stone. Um, don't use cardboard. It's just curious things that you don't normally no, think of. No, you can use cardboard, but if it's a choice, the cardboard is okay. Sometimes it's not a choice. It's not, um, no, it, it's always a choice. Uh, it's not a, a choice. You don't expect to have this. Um, Gravity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's ephemeral. If it's supposed to be destroyed within the next some some odd years, then mm-hmm. then it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the museum, the Byzantine Museum. Could you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about how you got the job there and what your like obviously your duties involved? Uh, I I had a contract uh, for a certain uh, period, and it was a period. It was a time that the Byzantine Museum uh, had his new permanent exhibition. Uh, we were working actually on installing the new permanent exhibition and it was uh, a great opportunity for me. It was, I was all, a year after I graduate. Oh wow, so fresh out of school. And for me to be able to work with the, with the team of curators, uh, museologists, uh, exhibition architects. It was amazing, and it was it was a school. I learned so much things, uh, and this feeling of be part of a team and uh, have um, a specific. Um, um, I guess like goals, perhaps. Goals, yeah. Yes, and enjoy the final product for sure. Yes, it was. Really it, it's all in stages, I guess. Also, mm-hmm. conservation. You yes. have to like do certain things step by step. And we had we had to first of all treat the objects that they were part of the installation. Uh, then we have to talk with the architects and find out. Uh, how we will install the pieces and if the way that they are thinking is stable enough to support the materials that we have mm. or the lighting, what kind of lighting they will be using. Which you also don't think about. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how lighting affects an artwork. Yes. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay, we will installing uh, right now this book uh, but we cannot, it's a permanent exhibition, we cannot have this book for uh, years uh, under the, under the, uh, this kind of sources. Right. We have to think about what, uh, which book we will use after uh, two years to replace this one, uh, to rotate uh, the um, wow. objects yeah. and okay if we use that book how what should we do now uh, in order to don't have to do something reparations later yes. on yeah. yes we had to schedule in advance so kind of you're like also like a doctor is what I'm looking at it's like you you have your client or your person who comes in sick and you're like okay how can I fix you mm-hmm. but also like these are the steps you have to take 
to take care of yourself in the future kind yes. of sort of I think this is the most exactly yeah. uh, this is the most important uh, thing in conservation is to preserve the piece that you have to take care how this piece will survive through the years and we will be able uh, the next generation will be able to have in information mm -hmm. and from this piece and how they every piece is a piece of history yeah it doesn't matter if it is antiquity if it is a contemporary art if it's a historic piece or even if it is something that um, our kids create uh, if it means something for someone we have to preserve it and we have to find a way to um, pass this piece to the next generations and we can do that only through preservation to create the conditions uh, the, the best conditions uh, in order to safely uh, keep this peace. Which, which poses an interesting question because I, I absolutely agree with you. It's all about there has to be one person who really cares about this specific piece, you mm -hmm. know, whatever it is. Whatever exactly. the item. But mm -hmm. it's also interesting that, well, who who makes that decision you know who is the person that is usually it's it's and and i'm saying it in a way because the art world functions in a way that it selects specific artists that are being then you know that are in the museums and that their work is being preserved and not others yes right? but i and don't work only for museums mm -hmm. excellent I that was work my next for question museums, mm -hmm. i work for collectors Great. i work for individuals that mm -hmm. they have something that it means something to them Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter which What it is, in a way, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and how much is that piece? Mm -hmm. It's important for them, and they're willing to pay me mm -hmm. to help them uh, conserve this piece. Mm -hmm. What would you say um, is the hardest piece you've ever had to, to fix? The hardest one? Hmm. It's a good question. Like the one where you're like, I'm gonna try this, and then it just it wasn't being your friend, and you just had to continuously until maybe not fix it as well. I, you're not supposed to fix it. Or was it. there a piece that you just said like, no, this is yeah, not yes, possible. I can't, I can't do this. Sorry, I can't pass. Do it. Go to the next person. Um, you don't give up. <laughs> no, if something that I don't know and I don't feel comfortable to treat, I won't do that. So you're honest. That's excellent. Uh, and sometimes, I cons we as the conservators, we don't treat everything. I treat objects. If someone comes to me with a painting, I won't be able to help him. I have a colleagues that they are painting conservators and they can help him uh, with this. Or um, so you're very specialized in, yes. in uh, yes. being a conservator. And for example, I had uh, a, an object that 
had a paint layer that um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not very comfortable to work with some surfaces, and uh, not comfortable. It's when you are thinking about colors on something. Always a paintings conservatory is helpful because they have a deep knowledge of about, colors, of colors of that type one? of yeah. paints, mm -hmm. and all this stuff that. We have to collaborate. In I some was about case. to say is that when the collaboration is, takes yes. place, that you could take care of the material yes. on the interior, perhaps, mm -hmm. and then they take care of the exactly. surface. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. that's pretty. It depends of the kind of object of the, that it yes. is. Okay, um, what would you say that you remember? Because I've never been to Greece. Like growing up, like the sense of like responsibility of conserving things or or protecting things like what stood out to you growing up that you felt like maybe this is your calling that you wanted to do this like did you collect objects did you go I to used museums? to collect objects as a kid yes and I I had no idea about conservation uh, I thought that this is a wor the work of an archaeologist and there is something grown up in Greece art is the antiquities at least that was for me. And also, my dream as a kid was to work in Egypt. And <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> the pyramids. This the is like, yes, we spoke about Egypt in the last session, but Egypt is back. I love that. Oh, yeah. And uh, later on, uh, I think I, yes, I think I read a newspaper that had an article about the um, Parthenon, uh, the works, the conservation work that happening, uh, that was happening on Acropolis, in Acropolis. And it was the first time that I read about a conservator. And I think that was the time that I start looking around and learn more about what is a conservator. And even then, I didn't have, um, when I start asking, uh, I had a teacher that she told me, oh, you know, in Acropolis, they don't use conservators, they use chemists. And it, was, it wasn't right. Uh, and I think my, when I was in um, high school, I wanted to be a photographer. Oh, conservation came at uh, I think when I was in twelfth grade as a, an alternative, and when I first told my father that I want to be a photographer, you had it in high school. There was a class. No, no, it, it wasn't was a class. Like an an yes, yeah. and my father was is a photographer, oh, but wow. it was never his uh, primary job. Uh, he had a a day he job ha yes and, mm -hmm. and he did photography and he said no way you can't. Yeah. <laughs> there is no future in photography you won't be able to pay your bills uh, doing that he wanted to protect you yeah it's do already hard in Greece so do yes. learn do something, something like, else. Yeah, learn something that we actually need or <laughs> and um And I choose to go to conservation field. And very fast I realized that 
yes, this is what I want to do and I really enjoy it. Um, I got involved in photography also. <laughs> well, you have to photograph the objects in a certain way to like yes. make it recognizable. It's not like it's you can take of your job. You can't though, take a random right? photograph. It like it has to be an informed mm-hmm. photo in different lighting and different angles, and has to reflect the piece. So it, it's yes. you're still incorporating mm-hmm. your passion mm-hmm. just a little bit differently. Yeah. What kind of classes did you take in in, in these programs that you took? Uh, a lot of chemistry. <laughs> so your teacher wasn't lying, but she yes, wasn't, no, yeah. it's true. But again, it yeah. wasn't. It's uh, part of the job. It, isn't yes. Um, I did uh, an architectural um, drawing. Okay, like illustration. Um, a lot of art history, of course. Uh, museology. Uh, we we study materials, of course. I had I study stone uh, conservation of stone, glass, ceramic, mosaic, uh, metal, mm-hmm. and we had what else? I think that would be such a great class to offer to like artists, like a conservation class, like just how to preserve your pieces. That would be really cool. Think about it. Just putting it up there. <laughs> <laughs> we should offer this at the Bay College, right? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, which class to you um, was the easiest that you enjoyed the most, and which class was like challenging, but eventually, obviously, you overcame? Chemistry. Yes, was. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, chemistry must have, for I was me, would have been, I would have chemistry. struggled so bad. Uh, um. I don't know. With chemistry, I remember we had a... Um, our final exams, and I was reading hours, and it was a point that I thought that I cannot, I, there is no other information that I can yeah. say from uh, like sorry, yeah. totally. <laughs> yes. uh, and the easiest, it's not easiest, but all the conservation classes, oh, I really favorite. enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think mosaic was my favorite one because I had to create a mosaic. Oh. Uh, in order to... To learn to the steps learn, and everything. Yes, mm-hmm. I had to learn all the steps of mm-hmm. creating a mosaic. Mm-hmm. And there is so many steps. Like you have yeah. like the grout and then as well as the material that's used to adhere it and then the mosaics themselves. Yes. So it's really... I, I, even I had to tedious. cut the, ter- the tessera. Oh, really? Yes. By hand to make all the shapes? It was... Do yes. you still have the mosaic piece? Oh, yes, my mom <laughs> has that. Yeah. What were the objects that you said you mentioned you collected? Like, what kind of knickknacks or, or things, items did you collect when you were a little? Oh, as a kid? Woof. From stamps to. I used to go through my grandma's. Oh, that was something that I used to do. I. Um, we had a nap always. As kids, they used to, we used to take a nap during... Like siesta. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I pretend that I was sleeping and I was, yes, I locked, I closed, I used to close my grandma's door and go through all her stuff. Uh, it was, yes, it was... Uh, <laughs> you were like investigating. Yes, and... What kind I of things did she have that you were so fascinated Oh, she had um, jewelry that I used to find inside her old bags. 
um, she had all these different um, uh, uh, garments mm -hmm. that fabrics. She, yes. And were they from different time periods that yes, they just mm -hmm. photographs photographs was my favorite part to go through old photographs and because the photograph has to has there is a story behind of each one and I really enjoyed that and um, I really like to go through her old clothes uh, uh, that she kept storing for years and years or um, all these little boxes that with I once I found um, and I used it on my training um, a turtle's um, like the shell the shell yes and inside the shell was her head and her two of her feet, of the legs. Oh, so it was like a taxidermy piece. Kinda? Oh, yeah. But like a jewelry box. It, yes. <laughs> it was like the bones were in the shell. Yes, in the, the shell. bones were in a great shape and they were in the shell. That's and I remember the shell had some cracks and I took it with me to the class. I saved, I, I found it and I kept, I knew that it was there and when I had an organic material class, I took that with me in order to treat it. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Grandma. It. Uh, yes. Did you yeah. ever tell her going back that you're like, you used to go through her things or? Oh, she knew. She knew. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and every time that I found something interesting, I used to take it with me. I, I still have a, a handbag that she, um, net, net, yes, and I still have some of her jewelry, and yeah. So she she loved you so much, she let you have those things. Yeah, you were kind <laughs> of an explorer of history, looking through these old items. She you was know. mad with me because I created a mess usually, but probably at the same time she enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. you were interested, maybe. Yes. Yeah. In those things. Definitely. I have a very off-topic question, but it's still on my mind as a, as a, as a conservator. So, and it has to do with archaeology too. But and maybe it's more an archaeology question. I don't know. But there are so many objects that were taken, right, mm -hmm. from, for example, Greece or from Turkey, and that it were taken into other countries, like for example, England or. Yes. Germany, Berlin, or New York, and yeah, and the same happened also in America. Like so many objects from Latin America were taken and are in the United States now. And I, I always feel like, and there is a lot of discussion going on. It's mm -hmm. a very political discussion now yes. that a lot of museums are asking for things back. You know, because they were Correcting. able to. <laughs> w w what do you think about these stories, or do you even? Is that something that you? you you think about or is it is it more like is it kind of like this is like a political stuff i don't get it. you know you're not really like so involved or from a cons because i i can imagine from a conservator view yes. you can also say well it was good that they took it at the time because the people that had it were not able to take care of it in a way they but might now, not exist for the yeah, future generations what do you think it's part of a history of a country it's a country's history yeah and Sometimes all these objects that they are around the world right now are not taken legally. Yeah. 
and the, and this is uh, the main issue. And I know that now it's part of the political uh, conversations, and it's it's a complicate. It's a complicate. Uh, first of all, I think that should be recognized that these objects are belong to the country that they came from. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, uh, we can acquired? discuss about what are we doing from now on. Yeah. And okay, maybe back then uh, exhibition couldn't exhibitions and objects couldn't travel abroad a lot and easily to be able to um, for the people from. Uh, in order to people from other countries uh, learn yeah. about these pieces and have the experience of seeing, because only a few people are able to travel. So true. Yeah. Uh, but now, exhibition we have travel. Uh, we have exhibitions that they're traveling around the world. We have um, mummies. We have antiquities uh, from different countries. And um, I don't know if these, um, sometimes they use as um, a, an example that if they give all these uh, objects back to the countries that they are coming from, uh, how the people will, will be able to um, visit the museum and have the experience of look close closely to uh, look close to these objects, to all, all these different objects. But now I don't think that in during this period uh, that technology. this is mm -hmm. uh, something that you can build your. Like your, uh, argument your, your argument around that, exactly. Because basically now what you're saying is uh, even if everyone gives the objects back to the countries, then we are still going to have traveling exhibitions or we yes. can put that that are that can, you know, so everyone can still experience mm -hmm. cultures from all around the world without kind of holding on to the things that were stolen. At, at yes. well, I feel like not all things are stolen. Also, I think some people do sell their own items. And I think it yes. all goes back to tracing and educating mm -hmm. or knowing, like you say, the history of the artwork mm -hmm. or the piece. Like, where did this come from? How was it acquired? Did the person from the country sell it? Did they have the right to sell it? Um, exactly. Those are the questions yeah. that come mm -hmm. because some people yes. do. I think um, the to the museum. There's a museum on Big Joy in in Norway that has a lot of um, items from Polynesia that were acquired. Um, they were purchased, and now mm -hmm. there's like a like should it be returned Easter yeah. Island and all these things but I'm like if they were purchased and they were sold rightfully so then it's like it, it, it this bigger is a question yes. you know it makes it more mm -hmm. difficult because if you're willing to sell your culture I mean we travel to different countries and sometimes you get these little knickknacks here and there who's to say that they're cultural or not cultural and then it just I feel like in the present you don't realize at always what you have this is very yes. and you think about future generations mm -hmm. and then when the future generations are like wow we don't have this anymore uh -huh. we just sold it all then it's like oh well you know or it Whatever. So it's it's yeah. it's really there's a lot of yes. like gray area sometimes mm -hmm. that's like we have to like solidify mm -hmm. what's the history of the piece. Yes, and yeah. what I said before, it's just one argument and they are 
Totally. A lot of uh, there are many, and also it's not simple. It's no, very complicated. You cannot say that oh this should be happen or no that that should be happen. Each piece it's, is different. Yes, definitely. I exactly. Think the mm. men. I think recently returned a, a mummy they had purchased. They didn't realize mm. it was a black market item that was illegally or had illegal papers, and it was sold off of from whoever. Somebody didn't have permission to sell that piece, so they returned it. Yes, you know. Who was so that? the Met, like a lot an of actual museums mummy. Now, so they're looking uh, more. Yes, There's objects more that they are in right? their collection that the provenance is not clear. They turn to return them to the countries that they are Yeah, because you don't want to have something in-house that doesn't belong to you. It's more like it was donated by such and such yes, that also acquired they it. they cannot do something. Uh, they cannot um, install this. They cannot exhibit this piece. Mm-hmm. And they are very careful now mm-hmm. at the museums uh, about uh, with the objects that they are... Uh, the antiquities, because all this... Is about antiquities. Are the are the conservators also involved into like you know finding out if something was a purchase legally or is that like or you know kind of finding out more about the history of a piece? No, we are not. Are those more? Uh, it's not part of our mm-hmm. of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we are not also involved on um, in trade art. Yeah. It's against our ethics, uh-huh. uh, and that's why we ha- don't have all this information. Mm-hmm. So the the ethics code for conservatives is like really like very strict. Like it's like do do no harm basically, right? Yeah. You know, do yes. not alter a piece and oh, do not yes. take it out of the culture mm-hmm. it's from, basically yes. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. Important. Okay, Maria has one final question. You, do you have anything? I do. Yeah, go ahead. I always no, have I questions. Like, yeah. Okay, um, so my question for you was, going, like, pretend we're flying into the future, kind of like in the, in the beginning, I was calling you a, a, a curator. What, what kind of things do you picture yourself doing if you do something other than um, conservation? I really enjoy uh, the process of creating an exhibition. And this research that a curator is doing to be able to collect different uh, objects and create a story, uh, and a story that is uh, well well presented to the people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something that I'm really interested on. Uh, I, yeah, I think yes. also working close with museums, you've been observing how things are installed mm-hmm. and how they're lit and how oh, they're presented I as well. I think this is my problem. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to an exhibition and usually the first reaction is to see how the objects are. Are they treated or not? If they are treated, how are they treated? And <laughs> Yes. And this is my first reaction and then I think I have to go to the same exhibition maybe twice, thrice, and I think the third time I will be able to enjoy the pieces uh, themselves. The pieces, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I normally look at the walls or how it's installed, mm-hmm. is it level, not level. The drops lighting, on the wall, lighting. Yes. holes in the wall. The lighting is also yeah. very important, mm-hmm. also spacing, things and like that. Usually also I'm looking where are the labels are. Mm-hmm. Um, are there labels? Yes, the labels. Mm-hmm. And are the the informations on the labels are they enough, or is it something that 
I feel that is missing as an um, a viewer. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm curious to see what it would look like, whether it would be antiquities-driven or contemporary, or maybe a mix of both. So I think that's pretty neat. The final question. You've oh. been sitting in a magical rocking chair, and it oh. grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud. Maybe we already talked about the wish. So what are your three wishes? Uh, should... Um, okay. Are they personal wishes or whatever you whatever I want? Yeah. First of all, I wish health for mm. all of us. <laughs> I think this is important. Mm -hmm. So very much. Um, I wish. Oh, that's. Sounds so easy question and it's and not an easy question. Yes, <laughs> until they ask you, it's always difficult. You're like, oh. yes, and I hope uh, in the future uh, things will be more stable for all of us in terms of political. Um, And yes, I wish I will in 10 years from now. <laughs> it may be earlier. I will, I will, we will meet again. And then we'll Hopefully talk about that. the yeah. curatorial project. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Why not? People have been speaking about doing a, um, where, where are they now? And I think it's absolutely right. Because I think, um, first of all, time will always pass, but also, where the people are in the future versus where they were when we interviewed them, completely different. So maybe we'll do a follow-up session. It's, it's going to be our boyhood, like <laughs> 10 years later. <laughs> Thank well, you for coming uh, to stay with us. Thank you for try. having me. Thank you so much. It was Thank incredibly so interesting. And like, I don't know. It I was feel very like special to us. If anybody wants to have, um, I guess, one-on-one -on -one advice, seek um, questions, um, I'm sure there's a price. Things aren't always free because it is time and people need to work and feed themselves. If you're interested or need something to be conserved, you could go ahead and you could go to Demetra's website and you could look We're into gonna it. We're going to link it with um, the interview so you and, can look her um, up. Get information because it's not common, I feel, in Miami to run into somebody who does conservation. Like, you're right. Like, you're the first one who does it officially. Um, we have one artist who does it on the side, but mm -hmm. two out of 132, I mean, yeah. that, and that's not even a droplet of all the people that mm -hmm. we haven't spoken to. So mm -hmm. that's amazing that you're doing this mm -hmm. in our city. Thank you for giving me space to talk about that. Oh, and it's our honor. Our honor, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, I guess materials. Materials, people, if you're an artist or a student, think about what you're doing with your materials and write them down, right? It doesn't hurt to yes, write them down. It's, it's very helpful. Because you never know where it'll be mm -hmm. five or ten years from now. Um, other than that, we'll see everybody next week. And Maria, welcome back post-Basel. Yeah, we survived another Basel. Congratulations <laughs> to everyone here in Miami. <laughs> Alrighty, take care. We're going to be back next week with a new rocking chair session. Bye, everyone. Bye.